Welcome, friends, to my Discipleship Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chu, and each episode is designed to build your faith and help you discover your purpose in life. Now, enjoy today's message. Chapter 2, Men Are Important. Genesis 2 and verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. God has given me the mandate to teach and encourage men their importance to their family's success. When they realize how important they are, they can impact their society, nation, and world. Many voices attempt to minimize a man's role, which creates a negative ripple effect through each of those spheres. A real man is what our world needs today. A real man is what a good woman deserves. Children need a father to be a real man in the house. Don't believe the voices that minimize or demean the role of men and manhood. God designed men on purpose and with a purpose. Genesis 2 verse 7 tells us that God started all of humanity with one man. I think that is significant. God could have started humanity with a man and a woman, or God could have started humanity with a woman. I believe God does things on purpose, by design. He doesn't do anything by accident. Let me emphasize that this does not mean that men are better than women because they were created first. It is just part of God's master plan to create the man first. Problem Solver In Genesis 2, verses 4-9, through 9, we discover God's original intent for man. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The man became the problem solver for the earth that God created. The earth was full of potential, but nothing was growing because there was no one to work the ground. The reason God created man was that he needed someone to work the earth. The word work in Genesis 2.5 means manage in the Hebrew language. Men are here on the earth to manage the planet on behalf of God. That is how essential men are in this world we live in. Love yourself. Galatians 5 and verse 14 says, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Today, We face many problems in the family, society, homes, and the church. Marriages are struggling to stay together.
people are confused about who they are and who God created them to be. This can lead to drug addiction, suicide, violence, etc. My only brother was confused about who he was, became addicted to drugs, lived a homosexual lifestyle, and committed suicide. The root and answer is that many people do not love themselves. Jesus said one of the greatest commandments is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is recorded nine times in the Bible. Let's be honest. Do you love yourself? A person cannot effectively love others if they don't love themselves. Matthew chapter 22 verses 35 through 40 says, One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When a person loves themselves, they will be better equipped to love their neighbor, co-worker, spouse, and children. Single and happy. You do not have to be married to accomplish God's plan for your life. Many single people are happy, content, and live successful lives. God started all of humanity with one single person. Jesus, our greatest example on earth, never got married. The Apostle Paul gives his advice to single people. He says in 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 7, But I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. And then he says in verse 28, However, those who get married will face many troubles in this life, and I am trying to spare you those problems. Relations and marriages struggle because people are not complete in themselves and are dependent on another person. This type of person falls apart when their spouse leaves. We should be dependent on God and interdependent on people. Paul goes on to give advice to those who decide to get married. A married person should still have the mindset of being single. You will be better prepared to take care of your spouse's needs when you are complete in yourself in God. 1 Corinthians 7 verses 32 through 34 says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Husband equals house plus bond. A man's role in the family is recognized in many ancient cultures. The etymology of the word husband suggests that it came from two old 
Norse words, the language spoken by the Vikings, which means house and owner. Digging a little deeper, we see the word ban was also involved in the place of owner. This suggests that the husband has a foundational role to play in the home and a cohesive role uniting the family. Bond equals something that binds, fastens, confines, or holds together. The word bond also means glue. I once heard a man say that his wife was the glue that holds our family together. That was a very nice thing to say about his wife, and I understand that he was trying to pay her a compliment. Still, the husband should lead the way in uniting the family. The husband is the glue that keeps the family together. I believe that's God's desire for us as husbands. Men, you can have a tremendous spiritual impact on your family. Years ago, a study produced eye-opening results about salvation within a family. If a child is the first to become a Christian, there is a 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will follow. When a mother is the first convert, the percentage goes up to 17%. When a father, husband, is the first to become a disciple of Jesus, there is a 93% chance that the rest of the family will follow. When I heard this, I was blown away and told God, you would have to confirm this with scripture. Immediately, God reminded me of Luke chapter 19 and verse 9, when Jesus said to Zacchaeus, you and your family have been saved today. Then in Malachi, we see the significance of a father and their children. In chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Leadership in the Home Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live a long life on this earth. Ephesians 5 and verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Finally, in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, The head of every man is Christ, the head of every woman is a man, and the head of Christ is God. I understand that some might be thinking that they want to share their family's leadership with their wives. But I want you to see that there cannot be two captains on a ship. A man and a woman are equal in their relationship with God. The parents are the leaders of their children, but in a marriage, the husband is the leader of the home and his wife. My neighbor and golf buddy is an officer in the U.S. Navy, so let me illustrate using a military example. Aboard a ship in the U.S. Navy, the top leadership roles consist of a commanding officer, a CO, and the second in command, the executive officer, an XO. 
They absolutely work as a team, but can do the other's job when the situation calls for it. For example, during a fire or flood in the ship, one is ill or incapacitated or temporarily away from the ship, they are both qualified and competent in all aspects of running a ship. The CO has the responsibility to establish the vision and culture for the crew. The CO makes critical decisions regarding the ship's safety and security and when disciplinary actions are needed to correct a situation and keep good order. The CO has the final say. There is also a flip side to that coin. When the ship runs aground or is damaged, there is only one person that the fleet commander holds responsible. And it's not the XO. All accountability would lie with the CO, even if he had no personal involvement with the incident in question. The buck stops with the CO. Every good CO will tell you they cannot do their job without the XO. The XO is absolutely essential. The best CO and XO combinations who communicate well are absolutely loyal to each other and perform their roles professionally. You'll never see them disagree in front of the crew, for example. That's not to say they don't clash or even argue about things, but you'll never see it. They are united. They share one common vision, successfully completing all assigned missions and the ship crew's safety and security. But there is no debate about who has the final say or the last word on important decisions. I believe the Navy command structure at sea is an excellent model for a Christian family. If you apply that structure to the husband and wife roles, I think you'll get a pretty good picture of what the Bible wants for each of our families. As Christians, we have a clear mission to spread the gospel, and our families need to be raised in an environment that promotes that cause. Safety of the crew. God charges the parents to take care of the home, make it a safe and secure place to grow, learn, develop, and launch strong believers into the world for Christ. CO and XO relationship model. They are loyal to each other, never disagreeing in front of the crew, but resolving differences in private to maintain a strong show of unity. Our children want and need this. As men rise up, grow in the faith, and become the home's spiritual leaders, we will see a dramatic change for good in our homes, society, nation, and the world. The Original Twelve Stepping back to see things from a broader perspective, I observed that when Jesus walked the earth and began calling his disciples, all of them were men. Jesus could have started with six men and six women, or why not twelve women? I believe this was again on purpose, not an accident. Jesus started with men because men need the most help. If you can get a man converted to become a disciple, the women will follow. We see in Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 that many women followed Jesus and his disciples, but they weren't called by Jesus. These were dedicated and devoted women who helped support Jesus' ministry and that of the disciples. But Jesus focused on these 12 men, all of his training, mentoring, fellowship, 
and prayers went into these men. Just like David, he knew he would be passing on the mantle of leadership of the fledging church. He needed these men to birth the church's beginning growth stages and to take the gospel into all the earth. Jesus knew the important role men would need to play in the Christian church, but if you look around today, you'd have trouble seeing much evidence of this. Many churches in America today are mostly filled with women. Where are the men? You probably have to look out on the golf courses, sports bars, softball diamonds, soccer fields. Most anywhere men like to have fun to find them. It seems difficult to get men to go to church. In contrast, women seem to attend church more regularly. They see it as a necessary part of life, gaining from the relationships there, the spiritual family atmosphere, and the volunteer opportunities that brings fulfillment. Women tend to see the need for God more quickly than men. Men are generally more independent in their thinking, saying, I'm just fine like I am. I don't need God or church. That's for weak people. The church is a waste of time. I work hard and need to let off some steam. This is one of the reasons I am so passionate about discipling men. When men become strong in their faith, the result is stronger and healthier local churches. However, the truth is that a man, a real man, should know his responsibility to lead in all aspects of the family life. Summary of Chapter 2 Men are important. Men are essential to the success of families, society, nation, and the world. The man became the problem solver for the earth that God created. When a person loves themselves, they will be better equipped to love their neighbor, co-worker, spouse, and children. The man is the glue to keep the family together. When a father, husband, is the first one in the family to become a Christian, there is a 93% chance that the rest of the family will follow. Thank you, friend, for listening to my discipleship podcast. You can visit my website and send me your prayer requests and feedback. And to get more of my discipleship resources, visit our website at www.nowhope.org. Until next time, I pray that you will stand strong in your faith.